Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. We are broadcasting live from lovely Puerto Rico. Um, guys, I really appreciate your patience with um, the time it's taken for us to get our studio reset back up. We're supposedly uh, hoping to have that done sometime later today. It's always an interesting challenge um, broadcasting live every day. A lot of people on podcasts, what they do is they um, they'll tape their bot their podcast, and then what they'll do is they'll you know run it through a bunch of edits, and they'll make you know uh, that kind of thing. And I don't want to do it that way. I want to have a real you know, stream of conscious conversation with you guys every single day so we can actually tell you what we're experiencing, what we're seeing from our perspective as real estate coaches and what we're hearing from all of our coaching clients. And if we go through this big, long edit process, it's just going to sound like some sort of sanitized, you know, version of a podcast, which frankly, I listen to podcasts all the time. I know a lot of you guys do too. I always love the ones, even if they're a little, you know, even if the audio quality isn't as great as it normally should be, if you're listening to some sort of like, you know, NPR type podcast, they're obviously doing it in the studio. The ones I really like are the ones where people are, you know, clearly being themselves and not you know, being overly analytical about what they're saying or how they're saying it because you feel more connected to the presenter. So in any event, yeah, appreciate your patience, guys. We are definitely going through some pains of getting the studio reset up that should hopefully be done later today. So the topic that we've been presenting to you, it's one of our favorite topics, frankly, because it really gets to the – it cuts through it, really, as far as your, you know, the, the real meat and potatoes about why somebody gets into real estate. It's your exact plan to how to become, in, to become truly rich and stay rich. And prior to our, um, the show today, Julie and I were having a call with our uh, real estate coaches because, as you guys know, um, we have a program called Harris Certified Coach. Um, so if you want to research that, just go to HarrisCertifiedCoach.com. It, it'll tell you how to basically become a Harris Certified Coach. So we were doing our group call with a group and uh, right before the call, and we had this very fascinating conversation that was going on about teams. It's one of the things we talk about a lot, but our coaches, you know, they have their own clients, and a lot of them are doing presentations around the country, and their their experience um, – always mirrors ours as far as what they're seeing from the uh, lack of profitability perspective from the team's uh, angle. But there are some really fascinating numbers that are coming out. And Julie and I are going to talk about this on the show next week when we start talking with you guys about um, essentially how to prepare yourself for a recession. And one of the you know big points we're going to say is, hey, you know what? Learn how to actually know whether you're making a profit or not. But here's, the, here's some fun facts that actually Jane Armstrong shared with us that she just learned. Um, well, I, the first couple members, I'll tell you, I learned them from Sean Kokoska, and Sean Kokoska used to be the president of MAPS Coaching at Keller Williams, and MAPS Coaching was uh, started, in essence, by, well, it wasn't started by his mom, but essentially she's the one that kind of took it to the next level. And this was back when she took over MAPS, I think, in uh, like eh, 10, 12, 15 years ago, something like that. Moral of the story here is MAPS coaching, they're, they're not all about forming teams, but a lot of what they teach is how to form teams. And so they did a lot of research on, um, you know, essentially what happens with these real estate teams. And Sean told me some numbers, one of which was 94% of all teams fail 
well, that was fun. And then we read other places of other people that have done uh, broad research on teams. Now, the, this next number, I've heard of a wide range, but something like 1%, only 1% of all teams make a profit, a profit of more than 10%. Now, I know some of you don't know what I just said, so I'm going to break it down and make it really simple. All right, so let's say you have a real estate team. And let's say you have a million dollars in real estate commissions. Not in sales volume, folks. Listen to what I'm saying, please. In real estate commissions. So in order to have a million dollars in real estate commission, you had to have sold, you know, what, 40 million in most markets, 30 million in some markets, somewhere in there. So your total real estate volume would have been in tens of millions to have made around a million, just depending on what your commission is. So here's what I'm suggesting to you guys. Most teams that are, say, earning a million dollars, have maybe a you know, real estate volume of $40 million a year, you know, they're going to have some buyer's agents and a lot of staff and, you know, all the expenses that go along with having this illusion of uh, success. And they are going to have a profit of zero. Now, less than 1% of the teams have a profit of 10%. So what does that mean? If they made – just stay with me here, folks. I'm giving you the honest-to-God facts so you can make your own business decisions before you decide to uh, you know, even consider doing a team. Because I know there's a lot of pressure. You guys get a lot of pressure to form teams. So uh, makes a million dollars. The team makes a million dollars. The person who's running the team nets before taxes and their own personal expenses $100,000. Do you understand what I just said? So a team that gets formed, it has buyer's agents, it has staff, it has a big logo, it has billboards, it has all this presence, and everyone thinks they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. And their actual profit that the owner makes, or the guy running it, or the gal running it, or whatever, is around a hundred grand. Now, if they're doing some transactions themselves, and you know who knows what, there it might be like a hundred and fifty grand. But I'm here to suggest to you, humbly suggest, as I practically can, so all of you guys will be receptive to what we're trying to help you guys understand, is if your goal is to make only 150 to, you know, let's just say $150,000, you could make $150,000 just by having you and maybe one other person um, as a part-time assistant and doing maybe a volume of like a hell of a lot less, right? You could make $100,000 in real estate by selling basically four, three or $4 million in real estate. You could do that on your own without any assistance. So really what the industry is finally realizing, and people are I, – I was watching a video of uh, Glenn Sanford, the CEO of uh, EXP. And EXP is quickly – I wouldn't be surprised within five years or less. They're the na- – or not even the nations, but the world's largest real estate broker. So he was talking about the very fact – he was talking about the, uh, the coveted millionaire real estate agent book, which you know, still is a great seller on Amazon and you know, it's written forever ago. Well, here's an interesting thing about that red book is the red book itself it was essentially a cut and paste of what Howard Britton was teaching back in the 90s. We've talked about this on the podcast before. And so what you guys are now maybe not realizing because you haven't been in the industry that long is that the concept of teams has been around since the late 80s. The original reason that teams came to be trendy in real estate is because they were becoming trendy in the overall business communities around the world. And they're becoming trendy in like any kind of business. There were that's when people started using the word team, and that's where all that got started. In the Howard Britton group, the thing that um, was really giving teams um, motivation is most of the Howard Britton stars 
weren't wanting to work as much as they used to. So they were wanting to delegate some of the work in their businesses, but they weren't doing it just to sell a bunch more units just so they could brag about it. What has happened over the years is, I don't know, devolved, evolved. I don't know what term you want to use, but the whole team concept has all been focused on adding bodies and adding production, but not adding profit. So when you're talking to these guys that have these big teams and gals that have these big teams, what you'll discover is they want to brag about how many people they have on their team or their expansion teams. They want to brag about how much volume they do or how many units they do, but none of them talk about the profit they make. And then if pushed in a corner and asked about the profit, they will say something along the lines of, well, I'm making 30%. Okay, because I'm writing a bunch of stuff off that's personal. No, you're not. That's a lie. You're not scamming the IRS and not paying taxes. You're not making 30%. You're making probably around 5% or 4%. That's all you're making. And you just don't know it or you're not willing to accept it. And the other thing that you hear, which is equally as sad, is people will say, I'm, I'm not making any profit. My business plan calls for me not to make any profit for you know X number of years. I hear three years, five years. And at that point, I'll, my team will be doing this volume and will be in these different markets if it's an expansion team. And at that point, I'm going to take on partners or I'm going to sell the business. Uh, no, you're not. Real estate teams don't sell. And here's what uh, Glenn said, which was very true. He said you know, that in the Millionaire Real Estate Agent book, there was sort of uh, – the idea was the first goal of a team is to gross a million in commission. So we just talked about that, how shitty of a net that gives you. But there you go. First goal was to gross a million. And the next one was to net a million. In other words, somehow, miraculously, the owner of the team was going to net a million dollars. Well, Glenn said, CEO of you know, EXP, said basically that's kind of some BS. That just doesn't really happen. Nobody's making that much money out of their teams because there's no money to be made. Now, what's happened? Why is what I'm saying true? Because a lot of you guys have not been taught business principles and focusing on really what the bottom line is of business, which is making a profit. You've been seduced into believing it's a bunch, about a bunch of other stuff, mostly associated with ego. And the simple fact is many of the big teams, what they're doing is they're actually foregoing pro, for, is that the word, Julie? Forgoing? For, that's not the word, yeah. right? They're actually giving not up. taking profit, giving up profit, in exchange for ego, because they want to seem successful. They want to have the ability to say we're doing 600 units. Or I know some of you on the outside, especially if you're new in real estate, you're thinking to yourself, that's insane. Why would anybody do that? Well, I agree, but they still do do that. And so when we're talking about how to get rich and stay rich, okay, which is the theme of today's and yesterday's and probably tomorrow's show, what I want you to realize is most of your wealth creation is completely in your control. Now, I've received a lot of emails about people that were wondering about what we were seeing as far as the, you know, maybe hypothetical recession and all the rest of it. We're going to be talking about that next week in great detail. But uh, here's the just around the bend on this point I was making that, you know, came off the, HC, the Harris Certified Coach Call we did prior to this one, is the simple fact is it's one of the surefire ways of absolutely losing everything is having a team in a recession or a very unprofitable business venture. Having a bad business model that's predicated on a certain type of market, and, and when that market changes, your business model doesn't change, which you don't know because you haven't been in business. And if you've only been in business since 07 or 08, trust me when I tell you, you don't know what it's like to sell in a market where 
you know, sellers are upside down, where sellers can't just throw spitballs at, you know, here's the price I'm going to list it for, where buyers all of a sudden become massively gun-shy, where the whole market and the whole psychology about real estate shifts. And then what happens is your whole business model, and I know brokerages that are, you know, basically run this way as well. They're buying buyer leads for agents. And they're becoming more and more dependent on, you know, essentially buying leads and selling leads back to the agents has become their business model. They're not making any money off the commission. They're making money off the referral fees from the leads they're selling back to agents. Well, how long does it take for, you know, look, Zillow's already, and we told you guys this was going to happen three years ago. It was obvious. You know, we told you Zillow was going to move to a referral fee-based system only, and now it's 35%. Well, guess what's going to happen next? Essentially, all these other lead sources that you guys have become dependent on, why am I telling you all this? Because you need to realize that when the market changes, if you're not profit-focused, if you're not looking at every single expense in your business through an absolutely ruthless looking glass, you're going to end up basically doing what every agent did, you know, most every agent did in the last recession. You're going to deny it's happening. You're going to rationalize that it's okay. You're going, to go to the, you're going to go to people that are going to try to get you to continue on the same path because it's in their best interest for you to form teams, in their best interest for you to continue to buy leads. They're not going to give you information that's truly best for you. And then what's happening is you're going to try to perpetuate that bad business model way too long, and then you're going to say, well, I guess I'll just have to give myself a loan. And then you're going to start taking out loans against your assets if you have any. Then you're going to, you guys get the idea, run your credit cards up. And then it's all going to come to pass when you're out of money. And then you're going to get massively depressed because you're going to think you did something wrong. Okay? That's what happened. And you didn't do anything wrong. You just didn't have anybody in your life to tell you you're following a dumb business model. Dumb. That's the word. When you're not making any profit and you consider yourself, if, unless you're running a nonprofit, you're supposed to make as much profit as your business as possible. And with that profit, you then reinvest that profit. And then with that passive income that comes from those reinvestments, you then are rich. Rich is where your money works for you, and you no longer have to work for your money. So my suggestion to all of you, before Julie finishes up the points, my suggestion to all of you is while there's still time, you absolutely take a serious look at the lack of profitability in most of your team businesses, number one. And number two, you immediately start considering how to create more leverage in your business through listings. Number three, how you immediately figure out how to create some passive income to basically make it so you're not so dependent on just transactional income, which you know is the selling of houses. So my suggestion to all of you, and if those three things apply to you, is you take a serious look at eXp Realty. Okay, eXp Realty has got some advantages that I've never seen in the industry, and neither has Julie. If you guys want to talk to me directly about eXp, if you're eXp curious, I want you just to text me at 512-758-0206, and you and I will have a private conversation where I'll go over those three things with you, and then you can make a determination whether or not you are ready for this, you know, essentially being prepared for the storm or whether or not you're going to be washed over by the storm. Because it looks like there is going to be a recession next year. And it's not, I am, from the research we started a week ago, I do not think that the um, uh, recession talk is all politically motivated. I know a good bit of it is, frankly. But I'm seeing things come from people who I trust with regards to the, for, the forward-looking financial you know, economic indicators that I believe are valid. And most of those are, t are absolutely pointing to the fact that there's a slowing down happening 
And it always happens at the very top, and then it trickles down. And that's what's happening now in a meaningful, quick way. And, again, we're going to talk about that more um, next week. So if you'd like to talk with me about eXp, please feel free to text me. And my cell phone number is 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206. All right, Ms. Julie Harris, let's finish off these points. Yes, you got it. So we're going to get into the no BS phases of wealth building. So it's not just telling you this is what you should be thinking about. It's showing you what are those individual steps. So what we wrote down before the first one is to simply ask yourself, and this will cap off the prequel to, the, to this conversation. Be honest. Is your desire for things to be easy greater than your desire to become rich and free? If that's true, you'll continue hitting the easy button avoiding doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. However, if your desire actually, honestly, and truly to be rich and free is greater than the desire to hit the easy button and have no profit, then let's jump into the phases of wealth building. And you guys might want to write these down and ask yourself, where are you in these phases? It's just one or two. It does take a series of things happening. So phase one recognize and embrace that profit is your product. That's what we've been talking about for the past couple of days. You've got to embrace it and accept it. Okay. So never buy in. Number two is never buy anything. That's an easy button. Don't be seduced into poverty. Don't be seduced into poverty. Every day you get texts, emails, sometimes they even call you with easy button solutions this will change your life with all of your lead generation. And you know how they, you know that they're full of it because they don't even say lead generation. They call it impressions and strange things like that. And they try and sell you on somebody else getting it away from you, not on anything real. And you'll know that when you ask them to show the results. So phase number three or part three, except you notice how these are mindset things you got to start with, except that you must be a listing agent and know your magic number. Remember, your magic number is the number of active listings. You must keep an inventory, your own personal inventory, not your brokerages, your listings at all times to meet or exceed your goals. Now, we drilled on how you figure that out in both the Real Estate Treasure Map as well as the Harris Rules book. So there's no excuse not to know your magic number. Notice that that's about listings only, except that you must be a listing agent. Phase number four. Accept the fact that only on the other side of actually doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it and doing it at a high level is what comes the, the, is where the freedom comes from. It's only on the other side of doing that. You cannot skip that step. People try it all the time. Again, we talk about that in the Harris Rules book with the phases of mastery that you cannot skip over something called concentration, which is the actual work. Then number five is kind of tough, especially as you get going and you're starting to see some success, maybe you're even at your magic number level, and that's point number five or phase number five, embrace actually being bored. Some of the best businesses are super boring. Boredom is okay. <laughs> Sometimes that's the best thing. Some of you guys wreck your businesses when you get bored. I see this especially amongst some of the um, more grizzled veterans. I'm sure you see that too, Tim. So embrace being bored. Phase number six, reject the idea this is big and also covered in the book. Reject the idea that you need to have passion to be successful. Oh, I'm not passionate about being a salesperson. That's okay. Be passionate about what the sales create for you and your family. There's a big section, I think a whole chapter about this in the book. And we know tons of people 
who are not particularly passionate about sales or even about real estate, um, but yet they're super successful. Number seven, related to this, reject the idea that your goal is simply to be happy. And I know that there's a lot out there pressuring you to, you know, give up the work as long as what you're doing really makes you happy. Well, how is that working out for you? Most things that are that easy and that happy don't really pay that well, unfortunately. Uh, point number eight or phase number eight, work is called work because it's hard. That's why it's not called vacation. Another mindset thing to embrace. That's why you guys get paid the big bucks on the hard deals. It's work because it's not vacation. It's supposed to be hard. Hey, Julie, take, we're not, take a breath. Yeah. Okay. Take, sure. Just, okay. So, so I had an interesting call uh, two days ago from a longtime real estate agent. And this lady, I think she was in her mid-70s or her early 70s. She was fantastic. She wanted to join our coaching program, the whole thing. And I talked to her, and she was just wonderful. And she actually, <laughs> she said, you and Julie are old school. That's the reason I like to listen to you. And I, I asked her, well, what do you mean by old school? And, and then she paused because she hadn't really thought about it. And then she, I guess, and then she said, because you guys aren't trying to manipulate people. Manipulate wasn't the word she used, but that was the gist of it. Through their emotions, you're telling them what to do through actions. You know, they're, you're telling them that in order for them to change their lives, they're going to have to take actions opposed to just trying to manipulate them through their emotions and make them feel a certain way. And I think that's very fascinating. I want you guys to think about the points that Julie just made with regards to the belief that you have, you know, your goal is to be happy all the time or your goal is to, you know, you can't be successful unless you find something you're going to be passionate about or find your passion and the money will follow it, just all these things. So we have thought a lot about all that feel-good stuff because it's so trendy, and it's been trendy for all of our adult lives. It's been trendy for most of your adult lives. And Julie and I are really curious about, like, how does that – first of all, it all is bullshit. You know, the fact is is that none of it really logically makes sense when you think about it because for the reasons that Julie just said, you can't be – none of how what percent of us are truly going to find something that we're passionate about? I'll give – you know, Julie's a great example. She is a classical musician. She's played in orchestras. She's played on soundtracks. She's, you know, flute and piccolo. Okay? But and her dream was to basically be a full-time member of one of the major, you know, five orchestras in the country. And she was well on her way. But as she got closer to the goal, she realized by getting to know other people that had already accomplished the goal that they had lost all resemblance of passion because now they were having yeah. to play their instrument in order to pay their bills. Because it was work, you know? <laughs> ironically. Yeah, Isn't keeps, that funny? Because it came I always thought right. that was just yeah. so bizarre, you know, that they would complain about it. Oh, my God, I, I'm required to do this many rehearsals. Are you kidding me? When did you lose your passion for it? You shouldn't even be in the orchestra. Well, anyway, I get upset but about that's, it. <laughs> that's what hap- but that's what happens is that, like, so if you are believing that follow your passion, the money will follow, what happens is the thing you're passionate about, as soon as you're having to do it for a living, you won't have passion for it anymore. So there's some irony with that. You know, you hear these stories about these artists that had their best years when they were super young, and as soon as they started selling their art, you know, and as soon as they ha- started having a business that was about selling art, then all of a sudden they didn't want to do their art anymore because they lost their passion. 
So guys got to see it for what it is. It's a bunch of feel-good nonsense. And the reason it's so seductive to believe is because you guys don't want to accept or I don't even know if you don't want to accept it. It's that people want to sell you into the belief that you can just basically float around, be happy all the time, do what you want to do when you want to do it. You never have to work that hard. As soon as something gets hard, you should, you know, oh, you must not be on, avoid resistance. I mean, look at all these things that basically have become normal in that, oh, I have to figure out what my big why is. What's my big why? I can't get to work until I have my big why. Oh, I don't want to actually pick up the phone and prospect because I might get rejected. And that won't make me happy because it'll make me feel sad. Right. And so I can't possibly do it. Do you guys just intuitively know how ridiculous that is? Because the truth is, is that you have to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level if you want to accomplish anything in life. And if the doing of the highest, if doing of the what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, it you'll find that what does it mean? It means being of service to other people. When you're helping other people accomplish their goals, when you're doing what you don't want to do, which might be, for example, let's just say worst case scenario for some of you, let's say calling an expired or knocking on an expired door. That's some, some of you. That's like the big fear, right? Or something like that. It's going to be actually put you in a potential harm of hearing the word no oh god no okay but what what are you doing you're doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level it's all of you had to challenge yourselves right now to say today not tomorrow not next week not after i study it role play it and learn it but today i'm going to go knock on let's say an unrepresented owner aka for sale by owner's door and i'm going to use the scripts that harris tells me to use i'm going to follow the conversation pattern that they suggest i follow and then I'm, my goal is to help that person sell the house why? Because I know, from statistically speaking, that I'll be able to sell the house for more, help them to avoid possible legal conflict, you know, mistakes and all kinds of things. So you are helping that person accomplish a goal, which is selling that particular house. In exchange for that, you're going to get paid, okay? And maybe they're even going to do multiple transactions with you. Maybe you sell the house yourself. Maybe they end up buying one of your listings. You get paid multiple times. But the moral of the story is, is if you're one of these feel-good types who believes that you're only supposed to do things that won't put you in harm's way, oh, you don't want to call the for sale by owner or knock on their door. You want to you know, mail them something or you want to Facebook them or you want to you know, do something passive. But God forbid you actually develop some skill. Okay, now there we go doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. When you decide that you're going to take the challenge that I just gave to all of you, or whatever your big bugaboo is, maybe it's not Fizbo's, and you're actually going to put yourself in a position where you're going to have to go knock on a door, where you're actually going to have to know what to say and how to say it, then you're going to all of a sudden be learning at a hyper-fast pace. You're going to be learning things quick because you don't want to experience the pain. You guys see the truth in what I just said? What some of you avoid doing is you try to avoid the pain and discomfort, and then you never develop any marketable sales skills. You don't make any money because nobody wants to do business with you because there's other people they'd rather do business with that actually were willing to experience the pain so they could get better at knowing how to actually solve the real estate problem that that for sale by owner has, which in their case is selling the house. Do you guys understand what I'm saying here? So if you're going to live your life by what feels good or what you have passion for, you will always be broke, always and forever be broke. So stop saying that. Stop believing it. Stop believing there's nobility in being essentially complacent and lazy. There isn't. Your job, your highest and truest purpose is the being of service to other people. 
The only way you're going to be of service to enough people that results in you being rich is you essentially accept the lifestyle doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. So break it down. Doing what you don't want to do would be pretty much anything that involves direct contact with a prospective person that could say no to you, right? When you don't want to do it, doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it, for most of you is any time. <laughs> now at the highest level, that's where it gets interesting. Highest level means that you're going to have to learn what to say and how to say it. Do that as fast as possible. The way to do it as fast as possible is by putting yourself under pressure by making a commitment to go knock on that door today. Because what's going to happen is if you have to do it today, you're not going to screw around because you know you have to do it today, and so you're going to be nervous about it. You're not going to sit around for the next six months and think about it. You're actually going to go knock, 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 and that person is going to answer the door, and you're going to be standing there not knowing what to say if you didn't prepare. So you're going to prepare because you don't want to experience the pain. You guys understand what I'm trying to explain to you? The avoidance of the pain is what keeps you poor. When you say, in other words, if you're saying, I'm never going to experience the pain, I'm never going to put myself in harm's way, but the next level of thinking is, I am going to put myself in harm's way, but to mitigate or lessen the likelihood of me experiencing pain, I'm going to prepare ahead of time, but I'm going to prepare under pressure of having to avoid the experience of not having uh, to be rejected. You guys get the difference? So if you know you have to go knock on that door today, what automatically changes in your approach to talking to that seller? You're going to be way more prepared. You're going to be way more drilled down. You guys get it? This is the difference. This is about taking action. So listen, if we can help you guys, which I know we can, um, with obviously moving forward with your business, with moving forward with your personal life, here's what I want you to do. Just request a free coaching call. The easiest way for you to do it is just text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. When you do, you're going to be given six free books, but you're also going to be given an opportunity to speak with one of our new member coaches about what you should be doing now, this time of year, to make the most of the end of the year and, frankly, make the most of the start of next year. If there's anything we can do for you guys, always remember, text me direct, especially if you want to talk about eXp. My cell phone number is 512-758-0206. You guys have a fantastic day, and we'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.